Hey there, you are listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. I'm Elise McAllister. And I'm Jen Laird. Hey Jen, are you cool with being kick-ass this week? Yeah, um, I think we, we went over this last week to the point where I'm feeling... Yeah, I'm a little, uh, still confused by the term kick-ass, <laughs> but I think I'm a little bit more settled into, yeah, I can be kick-ass. Fine. So if you didn't listen last week, you should definitely go back for two reasons. The first reason is because I called Jen kick-ass in a non-violent way. Well, Jen was concerned that by me calling her kick-ass, I was suggesting that she was a violent person, and she would prefer that I called her an empathetic, what did you say? Brave, um, compassionate, something like that, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I thought, you know, a great way to put that would just be to, you know, sum it up into two words, kick-ass. Yeah. Um, And the other reason that you should go back to last week is because we have a super kick-ass episode on how to be a kick-ass birth partner. So (laughs) if you are pregnant um, or um, have had a baby or... (laughs) But wait, if you've uh, already had a baby, don't worry about last week. Yeah, probably not. Uh Uh-uh. But you can listen to this week. Yeah, definitely. But if you are pregnant, you should go back to last week and listen and have your partner listen because it's an episode on how to be a kick-ass birth partner. Mm-hmm. This week is part two, and it's all about how to be a kick-ass postpartum partner. Wow! Ooh, the PPPs! We'll see if this uh, pop protector on my mic really Ooh. works. Does the pop protector protect me from being a kick-ass postpartum partner? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Um, let's let's define that word for those in the community who might not know what a postpartum is. Postpartum. Well, you got very serious around your word postpartum. Postpartum. Yeah. So Give postpartum is a time of life right after your baby's born. Okay. But I often hear it used in regards to like postpartum depression. Yeah. That's different. Just postpartum is a time. It's, it's a time. After you have a baby, you are postpartum. Post is after. Partum is baby having. I, I don't know. There's like a legit part of partum. Oh, wait. Now we're going to sound uneducated. Let's just stop right there. Post is after, Legit though. partum time. Yes. Okay. So I think we're going to jump into this. Let's just do this. Now that we clarified that you're going to be kick-ass, Jen is kick-ass. She's cool with being kick-ass. Yes. We're I've all... hit my quota of swear words that I've been yes. given permission to say by Jen. Okay. So bra- reel it in, Elise. Reel it in. It's no true. need for that. I'm going to handle it right now. No Done. need for that. Um, I think we need to start out like we did last week with a little eyeball to eyeball. I see you mm. in the serious way. Um, yeah. So partner, this show is kind of pointed in your direction. All the way. And you're a new parent. And we want to say we see you. And that experience you had of a birth with your partner, um, that could have been a big experience. It might have been different than you thought it would go. Exactly. 
There might have been some anxiety you didn't know that would come up. There might have been um, some outcomes even that you weren't expecting. Um, maybe you thought that um, this experience was going to look really different. So first of all, we want to say we see you and that it's okay for you as the person who didn't have the baby to feel differently about the birth than the person who did have the baby. Does that make sense? So each of us um, has an exper- a different experience than others, even if we share an experience. Elise and I go and do something together, and we're processing it afterwards. I can't expect Elise to have seen through the same lens as I did that same experience. There might be some similarities, but I walk into that experience with a whole different set of life experiences, personality traits, life growth area for myself, um, understanding in an educational place, um, as well as my past experiences. And so for me to own that and be comfortable with having a different experience than in this situation, Elise, it's actually okay. Um, There can be some acceptance of having a similar but different experience in birth. Um, So own that. And I want to, I want to reach out and go, I get it. And that's okay. Um, Sometimes the way we process though, that shared experience, um, we got to be sensitive with that, right? Mm -hmm. If you felt good about an experience, but your partner didn't, probably good to kind of tether that just a bit um, and vice versa. So um, I think understanding how to process that difference in experience is also an important um, factor here. Um, But back to encouraging. Yeah. And I also think the same with birth stories. So if the birthing person has a slightly different version of how the birth went down than you do, that person who gave birth gets to have the story. Um, Jen loves to laugh and tell people about uh, my version of my first birth. Oh, totally. And my wife's version of our first birth. And the deal is that I had the person come out of me and (laughs) my story is the only one that um, gets to be told. Because I get very grumpy when she tells her story because I'm like, nope, I did the hard work. I mean, if if you want to see an angry Elise, just get her and her wife in the same room <laughs> talking about the birth story. There is some like arrows. Tell us about birth. Mm. There is some arrows being thrown. It's um, true. It's true. Because you know that's that was my that was my hard work that yeah. I did. I mean, she worked hard too in her own way, but I, I birthed that baby. Yeah, and I think um, even in that situation um, or scenario, um, it's interesting to be on the outside of it because I can, I like hearing Elisa's wife's um, interpretation slash experience, and I like hearing Elisa's, and because I have birth babies before and I attend births all the time, I actually am able to sit with both experiences and go, oh, yeah, and nod my head and no, <laughs> right? So all that to say, um, we know you have had um, a big experience as well here. And we just kind of want to, I don't know, that idea of like, we see you. Mm. And your story is also important. And um, while we're talking about ways you can support your partner um, postpartum, 
we want to give you some tips as well to how to support yourself postpartum. Um, Everybody needs support. This, absolutely. That's the, that's the story of postpartum. If we were going to have like an alternative name for this episode, it mm. would be postpartum, the time when everybody needs a little support. Totally. Really, in a perfect world, the three of you, assuming yep. this is your first baby, would all just be curled up in bed, snuggled together, and your only job would be making sure, well, eating, all three of you, and sleeping. And every some other person or people would be taking care of all the other things, including delivering that food that you're going to eat to you guys. Um, that's rarely the case anymore, though. Okay, can we start with the scenario of your expectations of yourself the first couple of weeks after you start a new job? Oh, man, can we ever, Jen? So how are you feeling? Got this brand new job. You're trying to figure out how do I get there? Where do I park? Um, <laughs> it's the scenario of the break room. How am I uh, you know, starting to make these conversations. What are these people's names? It's should I go out? For All lunch? the listeners are like, "What are you talking about?" I, I thought we were talking about having a baby. No, no, no. You're gonna see what I'm talking about. Should I go out for lunch or not? Um, how long am I supposed to work? What's the expectations of my productivity? Um, what's the general feel and the personality of um, this new job? Right. So you go home at the end of your job, and you're probably not feeling your peppiest self. You're exhausted. You're having to learn so much. You're having to feel kind of settled in your, like, am I enough? Possibly some, like, wait, did I make a good decision in taking this new job? I don't know. There's a lot of emotion going on. So those first couple of weeks after you get a new job, you're probably not feeling on your A-game, best self, content. You're probably feeling a little more emotional, a little tired, and a little like, ah, I'm out of my element. Welcome to postpartum and your new job as a parent. Yay! Yay! Can we see the, the similarities here, people? Oh, yeah, right? This is a new job. Except that you're going to start this brand new job after losing a night of sleep. Yay! Oh, wait, what? No! Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to clap oh. there. Yeah. You're going to be tired. Yeah. Because generally... Everyone loses a night of sleep with totally. labor. Not always, but usually. And if they don't, they still feel like it. Yeah. Do you ever have those days where you're like, wow, I didn't, I, I had enough sleep overnight. Uh, I feel like I was up all night. I feel oh, exhausted. Totally. Yep. That's pretty true from birth. Everybody feels right. exhausted. So you're going to need to recover. Going back to last week, we talked a lot about doing some pressing on your partner's back. Oh, yeah. Doing some lunging and squatting and swaying and all the different things that you would need to do. And now here we are recovering from that. You might have some sore arms and uh -huh. some legs and hips. Chances are there were some hours that went by that you may have forgotten our advice about eating and drinking for mm -hmm. yourself. You probably didn't take eight hours to sleep because that was a no-no unless there was an epidural that allowed everybody to sleep for eight hours, which generally that's not typical. Yeah, and you're you also know. not sleeping 
Potentially very restfully. Yeah, because you get a bench to sleep on if you're having a hospital birth. If you're at home, you're not. There's no epidural, so nobody's getting good restful sleep. Uh, right. So your your body is hungry and dehydrated and, and tired. tired. Exactly. So everybody needs to recover, right? So we need to figure out how do we get you recovered, and who's going to take care of the the person who just gave birth, and mm-hmm. the baby. Yeah. So I get that we just use a scenario of parenting being like a new job, except we're putting in even more of an element here of it's relationship-based, right? So um, whereas in a job, you got to learn how to do it, quote-unquote, right, in um, parenting, it's a little different, right? There's, Thank goodness. Yes. So um, we think of... Um, parenting as a continuation of a relationship that has already started so um the person who birthed the baby had a knowing of the baby because they lived inside of them right and so there's that knowing but now on the outside what does that cry actually mean how the heck do i change these diapers how you know where do these little stickery things on the diaper front and back (laughs) um what does it mean to feed this kid how do i know if they're tired or hungry or whatever they are right and so there's a a big learning curve of like understanding some of these things as well as the emotional aspect so um of course it makes sense that you would expose yourself to some of this information before your baby comes like how to change a diaper and grab one out of the package grab a teddy bear or your neighbor's baby or something like that right with permission. <laughs> well, always. Don't yeah. grab babies without permission. Consent, right? Just yeah. like kick ass. Yeah. Always use consent. May I kick your ass? <laughs> no. <laughs> or take your baby. Yes. Either one. Get <laughs> always some... get consent. <laughs> always. That doesn't make a lot of sense unless you listen to last week. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so... You can learn to diaper. You also can watch a YouTube video on Absolutely. diapering. The the great news is your baby doesn't know how to diaper either. Yeah. The your baby has very little expectations of you. And the difference between um a, a like a two year old right and they're crying, it's emotional. When you've got a brand new newborn baby, the only way that babies can communicate is by crying. Right. I know this is not rocket science, but go with me here for a second. <laughs> um, babies are not born with the capacity to put their needs into words so that we can meet them. Part of that is a beautiful thing because it encourages relationship and feedback and connection. So the point here is not that you're trying to keep your baby from crying, right. but it's starting to translate those cries to understand how to meet the need. And it doesn't mean that you need to know what cries mean right away. And I don't feel like I ever knew, like, this is the sound of a cry for hunger versus this is a cry for a wet diaper. It was, I got a sense, both that sound plus this behavior and this time. Mm -hmm. There wasn't, like, when she cries with a high-pitched cry, it's diaper, and a low-pitched cry was (laughs) hunger, and a, like, 
meant I want to be held. I kind of got that impression from what everybody said about, like, listen to the sound of their cry. Like, there aren't usually, like, separate, like, sounds to them, like, voices. Yeah. Um, So you'll get a sense of, like, how does my baby want to communicate with me? And that takes time. It does. You're tired and you're learning a new job and you're recovering from this birth and it's about developing a relationship and the baby does not have preconceived expectations of you um that you somehow have to fulfill that's not a thing right let's actually talk about what your baby requires okay your baby needs to be fed Uh uh-huh your baby needs to have a place to sleep Mm -hmm. that does not need to be in a pottery barn nursery nope Nope, your baby's actually never seen a Pottery Barn catalog ever. Right. Uh, They need to be held. Yes. And given attention from physical contact. Yep. And they need to be kept warm and dry. Yep. Anything else you want to add? I think that's about it. Yeah. Actually. Your baby has never seen Instagram hashtag nursery goals. Uh Uh-uh. Yeah. And the, I like to remind people, the point is not to keep your baby from crying. The point is to meet your baby's needs. So even if you had to run through that very brief list of needs, yep, every single time your baby cries, there you go. That's only a couple needs, right? Yeah. yeah. I was like four. Okay. So I think the point of what we've just kind of chatted about here is you're starting a new job and be kind to yourself. Let those expectations be reasonable. And just like when you start a new job, you're a little more kind and understanding. You're like, of course, I'm a little more tired. I'm I'm learning something here. Um, Of course, maybe I'm not seeing as many of my friends. I'm really occupied with this new thing. Oh, I do look ahead and know that at some point I'm going to get into more of a rhythm in all aspects of my life. I'm going to get back to some of those hobbies or those rhythms in my life of, I don't know, if you used to go to the gym, whatever it might be, right? So you don't have those expectations when you start a new job that they be perfect and all set in order and just bang. And I think the same thing when we approach new parenthood. It looks a little sloppy. So be confident and stay away from shame. The beating up of yourself, the kicking of your own ass in the bad way of going, "Ah, I'm bad at this. I'm not doing enough. All right. So be kind to yourself. That's the first thing. That's our first tip for you, lovely new parent and partner in in parenting. Remember to meet your own needs. They're pretty much exactly the same as your baby's needs. Ah. You need to be fed. Okay. Good. You need to sleep. Good. You need to probably not be held, but you might need to connect with yeah. your partner. Yeah. Um, and likewise, like your partner will need to connect with you probably. Yeah. Um, and you need to be warm and dry. Yeah. And so, processing the experience that you just had might take the form of within, I don't know, the first week or two, um, I've known uh, birth partners who are typically runners or bicyclers or whatever form of exercise that they do. And that helps them kind of work out, whoo, that was a big experience. And now I can kind of come down off this adrenaline rush and feel a little more stable, grounded, whatever words we want to use for that. So I've had folks even at postpartum visits be like, oh man, that was an intense experience. And because I was there, I go, 
yeah, it was. And how are you taking care of yourself? And he's like, uh, yeah, I haven't even been for a run yet. I'm like, yes, that's awesome. Ask your partner, hey, I'm going to go out for that run for an hour. Are you, you cool with that? And um, then when I check back in with the same family, um, they're like, oh, man, that was such a great suggestion you had. I feel like a completely different person from getting out to go on that run. Um, other folks, they are verbal processors, so they get together with, um, you know, some friends and have a drink, whether that be, you know, some sort of brown liquid that's warm or cold. And um, they talk about their interpretation, their experience of the birth. And verbal processing is a way for them to go. Other folks are like, I need my alone time. So I need to go away for a little while and just be in my thoughts, in my experience, or even like writing it down, whatever it might be. Yeah. And by away for a little while, you mean to like a coffee shop, not, not like the a weekend. weekend away at the ocean. No, no, exactly. <laughs> and checking with your partner about all of these things too, because if the person giving birth can't yeah. really do a lot of the same. So. No, and that's, I, I would really um, encourage the birth partner to not think about that and a self, I'm being selfish. Right. Like, um, I have seen some partners not be themselves best self postpartum because they're so overwhelmed and yeah. they need to go work some of that stuff out. So go do that. You're actually going to integrate back into your family's relationships and life in your home in a much better place than if you keep going in that yucky spot without having figured it out by yourself for a couple of hours. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about how to support that person who just gave birth. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different ways. Um, so she's had a really big experience yep. too. And, you know, things are really shifting. There's a lot of hormones that have just yep. take, taken a big change in her body. Hormones right. um, are you know, exhaustion, and she's probably got a big feeling of loss of control happening. And right. that can be challenging. I think a lot of us are self-proclaimed, um, uh, you know, type A's or control freaks. And, yep. you know, it's funny. We hear this all the time. A lot of people come to us and are like, I'm a control freak. And that's, I would say, 90% of the people we meet would say that. And I'm wondering, is it just a popular thing to say? Or is it really that you have to be that way to exist in the world anymore? I think human beings kind of like predictability. We're drawn to that. Right. And to know potentially what's going to happen or what to expect or how to prepare for something. Exactly. So then along comes this baby who is so incredibly unpredictable right, right. after this birth that cannot be controlled in any way. Yeah. And then there's postpartum. She needs to heal. She needs to rest. And now a baby dic dictates her sleep time. Exactly. And so how do you balance that with having a need for control? Right. And so really you can't put the control back into her life in any way, but you can have a lot of empathy for that. Yeah. And really helping her find some ways to take care of her needs too. So yeah. giving her sleep without the baby. As soon as the baby is fed, if she's breastfeeding, taking the baby and going to another room. That birth ball that in the last episode we recommended that you buy, take that birth ball into another space of the house and bounce your baby on the birth ball and get that baby to sleep. Show your baby that there are other ways to fall asleep aside from at the breast. Uh. Uh, because a lot of babies would love to fall asleep at the breast, right? 
warm, snuggly, hearing mom's heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Lovely, right? Here's a couple tips for helping that baby go to sleep. Um, as Imagine looking at your partner's um, belly. It's a compact space, right? When she was growing that baby, when she was pregnant, um, it's a very compact space that kid was living in. They come back out into the world and it's pretty darn wide and expansive. And they are used to a very um, tight, close space. The whole idea of a fetal position, it's real. They've lived in it for this long, right? So babies like to be swaddled. Um, I'm thinking of a blanket. Some of my favorites for new parents is um, swaddling blankets that have Velcro. Oh, I love those pre-wrap swaddle yes. blankets. You don't have to flip a light on at 2 a.m. Yep. to do it. So you um, put the baby kind of in like a, it looks sort of like a sleeping bag at the bottom, bottom <laughs> half of the body. Yeah, like and, a mummy sack. Yeah. And then you wrap um, one part over and then bring the other part across the body and Velcro those edges together. Nice and tight. And nice and tight. And automatically you have a burrito baby or a swaddled baby, whichever you prefer. Um, Mm, Burritos. And just like um, partners, um, or sorry, just like folks having babies um, in labor, like boring rhythmic movements, babies love boring rhythmic movements. They're used to being in the womb, which um, living inside of there, we don't just sit down all the time, right? And when we're pregnant, we walk around, we're bouncing around, then sometimes we sit. So they're used to some of that movement, jig, 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 right? In the womb. So tight and jiggy. Like that? I do. Um, So here's my encouragement. You swaddle that baby, you stand up, and then as you're holding the baby on one arm, then you take that other hand and you just kind of pat the bum. Back and forth, back and forth. You might even sway side to side. So babies love swaddle and boring rhythmic movements. You might even throw in a little shh, shh. Oh, there you go. Or shh, shh. So, Elise, are you telling that baby to shut up by saying shh? Basically. No, here's the thing. I'm making a swishing sound Uh because that's what it sounds like on the inside. And here's the thing is that you are going to do it one way and your partner is going to do it another way. And that is all okay. Yep. It is really challenging to have two different ways of managing a baby or handling a baby. And that's just fine. Yeah. So let that argument go and know that you can both take care of your baby in different ways. It's all fine. Excellent. Okay. Next idea here is that um, your partner, you get home from the hospital or it's the day after you've had a baby at home. We're suggesting that they not jump out of bed and start getting themselves a snack, making themselves some food. <gasps> no way! Throwing a load of laundry in. Oh my goodness! But who's gonna do it, Jan? Well, that's your job. It is. So um, here's why: is that person who just had the baby is, if they're choosing to breastfeed, is also learning that skill right? Yes, it's natural and it is learned behavior. Okay. So it's a learned behavior between two people, a baby and the person breastfeeding. So we got that first of all going on. That's some serious work. Second of all, we've got um, the placental site, that area of the body where the placenta was attached. 
that is regenerating itself. That is a place where she is continuing to bleed from. And it's got to heal. It needs to heal. Um, potentially, if um, there was some um, repair that was needed in the perineum, a.k.a. she had some stitches and some tearing or even some abrasions, then that needs to heal. Um, that uterus is getting smaller and firmer and more centrally located in her body. There's a lot of healing going on here. And so that requires rest. If you um, are trying to heal from something, you don't keep on with your normal daily activities. You rest. So that's how you, a, a practical way that a partner can be helpful is to make food and bring it in bed to that person who just had the baby. If laundry needs to be done, then you get to throw it in and Absolutely. you get to put it in the dryer. I think there's also an expectation of how like normal life kind of runs that needs to be altered a little bit in about that first week postpartum yeah because it's it's gonna look a little different you can let the laundry pile up we can't not eat though um that's an important thing absolutely so practically you're bringing food and you're doing those household life stuff that needs to be done to just kind of live in that space, right? And if there are people who want to bring food, that's a mm -hmm. great idea. Ha accept that food from other people. But you also might want to play bouncer just a little bit so you sure. don't have a steady flow of people in your house. So you can choose who comes and visits, but you can also yeah. stick a cooler on your front porch for people to leave food in. And you can also take a picture of your baby and stick it on that cooler so they can leave food and see your baby. There you go. Um, yeah. So there's some practical tips on how to feed your baby. All right. So everyone needs sleep. Seriously. Here's the thing. Nobody I can... need a nap. Ooh, see ya, Jen. I just can't wait anymore. Wow. That's like a... I don't know this song. Oh, it's a kid's... No, I can't remember. Sorry. Wow. We had this we had this CD and one of the songs on it was like, I need a nap. Oh. I just can't stay awake anymore. Yeah, my kids were never singing that song. It was a really cute album. I wish I could remember it. But I can't, so at least I tell us. I do our everybody poops to everybody sleeps sometimes, which is our REM song that we like to change for whatever episode we're on, which for some reason we like to do a lot of REM in our show. It's true. I feel like we're probably going to owe REM a lot of money someday. Okay, tell us more about okay, the sleeping. Everybody needs to sleep, guys. Everybody needs to sleep. And I love it that all you wonderful partners are like, I just want to be up in solidarity. Uh-uh. I just want to do it. I, you know, be in solidarity do the like we're, we're getting through this together like feel compassion feel in this together but you guys got to keep your heads above water yeah. you can't sink together so okay let's play this out it's day three. Okay. We're going to have a little role-playing moment right here. I don't Carol, know if we're, we're going to role-play. Role but okay. day three. <laughs> okay. Day three, is it okay for the person who didn't have the baby, that co-parent, to be up in the middle of the night when you guys are figuring out breastfeeding? Yes or no? Yes, if it's taking some time to get latch figured out. Okay. If, if partner is needing to help make sure mouth 
baby's mouth is latching okay. appropriately, if mom is really sore and she's needing help changing diapers after baby's fed, yeah, for sure. Okay. Totally fine. Real quick. You know, like, okay, I'm going to, or if mom is like really feeling sore, okay, she's going to feed baby, pass off the baby to partner. She's going to get horizontal and go to sleep. The partner changes baby and gets baby back to sleep. Okay. Now give me a different day, Jen. Um, day eight. Oh, day eight. Mom's feeling better because she yeah. stayed in bed and she's been horizontal. She hasn't been changing any of the diapers. Breastfeeding's going really well. Partner's sleeping through the night. Ish. Ish. Yes. Okay. And, she- and baby is nursing beautifully. Mom only has to reach over, grab baby, and nurse. So, okay, you guys, we're not we're not throwing out rules. We're just trying to give scenarios. Essentially, what we're trying to say is that um, there's no point of having two people up all night. Well, nobody should be up all night, but you know what I'm saying. Like having frequently, frequently through the night. Um, Why why do we need two people up? If one person is actually feeding the baby. Right. So what we're suggesting is maybe one parent, you, you do some shifts, right? I am, I am not the one feeding the baby. And so I might go to bed a little bit earlier and then take a second shift. But we're not going to both be up throughout the night in a typical pattern or scenario here. No. Well, let's talk about that day eight. So what I would love to see is maybe... Mom goes to bed at 8, right? Let's do a shift. Mom goes to bed at 8. The birthing mom goes to bed at 8, and partner takes baby into another room until the baby is hungry, and then the baby comes into birth mom, eats when the baby's hungry, and then leaves the room because partner's awake, taking the early night shift, and birth mom snoozing, getting some good, solid hours of sleep in. So then, you know, partner goes to sleep for a few hours, and birth mom takes the next shift. There we go. And so on birth mom's shift, then she's up for most of the night. Like, she's going to do the diapers. She's going to do – not. she's not up. Sorry. <laughs> Jen gives me a look of horror. I'm like, well, at least, no, she should no. be not up Sorry, most up. of the night. Up when the baby's up. And needs things, Thank right? You for Sorry, defining I should backtrack. Going back, that was my reward. What this have is I gotten out? I'm going back in time. What have I gotten myself into? No. Yeah. If she was my baby, I would be up most of the night. Just kidding. Um, so, because <laughs> Elise's kids don't sleep. I've had. I give birth to non-sleeping children. Yeah. Those. Um. So okay. So then. That birth mom is going to be up when the baby has needs that need to be met and doesn't allow her to sleep. Yep. Yep. So then you set up some shifts like that. So your primary call, your secondary call, parent. Yeah. Right? So So breaking it up. But there's no need after the first few days when birth mom is really sore for everybody to be primary call. Right? Nobody needs to be all hands on deck. Uh Uh-uh. Because... Otherwise, you are going to be a sinking ship. Yeah. And I know that it may feel like you've got one parent in the other room and you've got one parent in the bedroom. You might not even be seeing your baby a ton because you're going to be trying to rest when your 
you're, a, you know, when you get a chance. But it's not like this forever. This time yeah. is such a short time. These first few days of healing and just trying to piece together eight hours of sleep. You will have so much time with your baby and even your newborn baby. I'm not talking you're going to have time with this two-year-old. I'm talking about your newborn baby. You're going to get a lot of time. Yep. You just got to get through these days so you can enjoy this time with your baby. Yeah. 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 So let's see. In conclusion, let's think of what is there one more thing we want to leave folks for being a kick-ass postpartum partner? Zero expectations. Mm. Let's set the bar like... Let's dig a hole in the ground in the shape of the bar, and let's put the bar in the ground and bury it. Uh, Tell me more what you're thinking there, Elise. No bar. There is no bar because you've never experienced a time of life that's like this. Hmm. Right? There's got to be no bar. This this idea that you can live life just as it has been and add a baby into that doesn't exist. And I hear people say... A baby is joining our life. We are not changing our life for the baby. That is different. Right. A baby is joining your life. You're going to go on to live your life, and a baby is going to join in all of that. You're going to continue to travel if travel is your thing. You're going to go on and do all the great things that you do and just have a baby join in that. But I'm talking about... Staying on top of the laundry or, Uh, you know, if you have a dog, how many dog walks this dog gets or trips to the dog park or, you know, how much sleep you normally get or showers a week you normally get or those sort of things. The bar has got to be lowered, right? You cannot hold yourself to the standard. And the same goes for when you go back to work. Or when you take time off work. It is okay to say, oh, I really thought I was going to be ready to go back to work sooner. And I understand that that is Mm. not always an option for everybody. So this is, you know, a a nice nice suggestion I'm making. But we've talked to a lot of people who thought that they could go back and then they got to that place and they were like, wow, we are not ready to be apart yet. And know that... It is okay to change your mind about these things. It is okay to have dirty floors. It's okay. So I think in conclusion, what we're saying is um, being a um, really amazing um, partner during this time in life could be reminding this birthing person that it's not always going to look like this. This is a short amount of time that we're doing this. We're going to create new rhythms and the way that we live our life and to remind folks that that um, having a baby at the beginning doesn't look like what we envision out in a cute little stroller or on the cute little carrier on their front um, wearing the cute (laughs) little outfit and being out and about or being with friends. It looks like kind of hunkering down at home and figuring out how to meet this baby's needs and how to rest and recuperate from a big experience for a couple of weeks. So I think it goes back to even, 
a couple weeks ago we did the episode on TV birth, which um, I want to remind everybody when we see images, whether that be with friends or on social media or whatever it might be, those babies are not fresh, 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 right? So we see out in public typically babies that are not like you know, four days old, right? Oh, goodness, no. Please don't take your four-day-old out. So the, the, the enjoying of this baby and doing things and creating this idea of a family, it's going to come, and you're going to have these lovely experiences. But the first weeks of a tiny baby is going to look different, and you probably haven't seen pictures of it like People don't send postcards to people of um, what life looks like in the first two weeks, right? They've... Who's got time to postcard that? Well, but there's no, like, <laughs> curated... We see curated pictures of sleeping newborns with, yeah. you know, cute blankets and furs that they're laying on, right? We don't see the 2 a.m. trying to figure out whether this kid needs to burp, poop, or be fed, right? So <laughs> right. that's more majority of what it looks like in those first weeks, not the beautiful images that we tend to see. So that's, I think, when we talk about lowering our expectation or lowering the bar or burying the bar, which Elisa's saying, <laughs> that's what we're talking about, is that your house, your, prob- your laundry is going to pile up you're probably going to have a few more dishes around than you might have but let's remind your partner this doesn't go on forever and we find a new rhythm to our lives the good stuff is coming and what we're in right now isn't necessarily bad it's just different right we're learning a lot so hopefully today you guys have um, taken away just a few real practical ideas um, and we've also been able to bury that bar of expectation. Yeah. And, you know, I was also <laughs> thinking this, too, Jen, is we always talk about bringing your F word to birth. Uh-huh. And I think we can bring your F word to postpartum. Ooh. Yeah. And that F word would be Flexibility. Yes. I know. There's another F word that I like a lot, too. You can but... use that one, too. But flexibility, I think, is when we talk about birth, the F word is flexibility. You know, I was actually just thinking there's a pretty fun little saying we could have that it would involve all the F words and you are free to edit this out if you don't like it. But we could be like, fuck that. We're flexible now. <laughs> Woo, that, that's the ratings right there. <laughs> we'll Woo. see. All right, everybody. But bring your F word to, to postpartum. You can yeah. be flexible on... Postpartum. Excellent. Thanks for joining us today. Um, please check us out on social media and let your friends know about us and become a um, subscriber. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.